This is Tech Transforms. I'm Carolyn Ford. Each week, Mark Sinell and I talk with top influencers to explore how the U.S. government is harnessing the power of technology to solve complex challenges and improve our lives. Hi, thanks for joining us here on Tech Transforms. I'm Carolyn Ford and here with Mark Sinell. Hi, Mark. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Jonathan. Hello. Yeah, jump the gun, introduce Jonathan for us, So, who we're excited to have. Um, Jonathan Albom, who is federal CTO of ServiceNow. He was formerly the CIO of the U.S. Department of Agriculture mm-hmm. before moving fully into the service industry in 2019. I, You know, I don't like that term, moving fully into the service industry, because when I read through your bio, I feel like you've been in the service industry your whole career. Well, you know, uh, Carolyn, it's a good, good point. Um, I, uh, I began my career um, after college. I went to UVA uh, with the uh, same place that Mark went to school. But he went a few years before I did. <laughs> you had to point <laughs> and, that out, Jonathan. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah. Well, well he, you, you went when, when it was really, really fun. I went when it was just fun. Um, but, uh, you know, when I, when I exited college with a systems engineering degree, I, was, I, I joined a professional services firm. I worked at Price Waterhouse. And I learned management consulting. And we were doing uh, services. We were implementing systems and different technologies, um, you know, for, for customers. And, you know, eventually I moved uh, to a smaller company um, and I was working on the same kinds of projects, doing professional services, helping organizations uh, do uh, modernization. We weren't focused on this big, you know, grandiose term of IT modernization or digital transformation, which is the same kinds of things we were doing. You know, we wanted people to be, uh, have better access to data and systems to, you know, things could happen more efficiently. It's the same kinds of things we're doing today, even if we use uh, different words. So I, I was uh, in a services role um, before government when I joined the government at the Food and Nutrition Service, part of USDA, uh, first as the deputy CIO and then the, then the CIO for that agency. Um, we're, we're a service provider to the programs at the Food and Nutrition Service. So if if the Office of Information Technology at Food and Nutrition that I was responsible for wasn't providing a a, a strong um, service, the programs would find another way to get their, their job done. And um, we would could be shut out of that conversation. And that's a terrible place for, for a CIO to be at, cut out of the uh, technology or the core business processes or the budget. So we've always had, a, I always had a strong focus on service and that, you know, reality continued through my career uh, as I moved to general services administration or back to the department of agriculture to be the CIO for the, for the entirety of the department, you have to be able to provide a uh, service. And when I eventually exited government and, you know, found my way to service now, um, I would say the, the, lessons I learned along the way in terms of what it takes to provide a service that people want to use, that they will, um, you know, partner with you on, uh, those things really inform the way I go about doing my, my job at ServiceNow and ServiceNow is a, you know, it's a technology provide, um, that supports this idea of service management. It's not customer relationship management. You know, we have tools for that, but you have customers, you want to provide them a service. Well, you have to think about the end to end, workflow. How, how does the person interact with the system to what are they trying to get out of it? And, you know, you think about it comprehensively and, uh, you know, they, I'm, I feel like I'm 
well positioned to do that based on these other roles that I've had, where I've either been, you know, the creator of a service or the provider of the service. And uh, now I can, you know, really think about it in a, in a holistic manner. Well, and I like what you said about digital transformation. We didn't call it that at the beginning of your career, but really let's, you're a pioneer of digital transformation. So not to call you old, but <laughs> no, Mark's old. He went, I, I totally agree. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Sorry, but, um, that's okay. I can handle it. <laughs> you've really, you've really built your career figuring out how to make things better and faster and really through digital. And as I, as I looked at some of your stuff online, you're all about data. Yeah. And, you know, I have a, a person I want to thank for that. Her name is uh, Kelly Chambliss. And she worked with, she was one of the first managers that I worked for at Pricewaterhouse. And you know, I haven't seen her in many years, but I always remember her because uh, when I was very early in my career, I think it was my first Pricewaterhouse project for an insurance company. Um, we, uh, we, it was a visual basic project. It was like 1995 or so. It was a long time ago. And I, I, I remember telling her, you know, I'm going to really learn Visual Basic. I'm going to be this great Visual Basic developer. And she looked at me, you know, sort of funny and said, you know, maybe that's not the best path for your career. <laughs> you know, <laughs> technologies come and go, right? You know, but if you uh -huh. focus on process and you focus on data, you'll be really valuable on this project or any future project that you're on. You know, that was really excellent advice because, you know, Carolyn, as you point out, um, you know, a lot of what, you know, I, I talk about is data and how data moves through uh, the environment, how the work moves through an environment and thinking about how you can automate some of those things. Um, it's about the data in the process and you can swap out uh, one technology for the other. You're still trying to solve that same problem. We just have maybe better ways of interacting, you know, with the data or the process today, or we have more ways to automate it, or more people can be, um, you know, uh, you know, dealing with the same data at the same time. Um, we can have cloud technologies and other things that give us the ability to go faster, maybe. But the still at the core are these things that I learned on that first project about thinking about a process, thinking about a data and trying to, to improve it. We just have more tools to do that now, but it's the same right. motion. So I think, you know, it's a really good observation, Carol. I just heard an interview with the author of Sapiens. Um, I, I don't know if you've read that book. It, it doesn't really matter. What he said was, there we go. Okay. I, I was, I was just recommended this book and it arrived the other day. I haven't, I haven't picked it up. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but um, it was highly recommended by a friend of mine. So same, I have not read it, but I, I keep hearing, I, like it keeps coming at me, which for our listeners, Jonathan just held up a copy of the book. So now I got, I got to get it too. <laughs> so, but what he said was, whoever owns the data, controls the data, and here's the key, can understand the data, mm -hmm. is going to win. Mm -hmm. And then something else he said that was really funny to me was never underestimate um, the power and the limitlessness of human stupidity. <laughs> well. So, so with all this data and that's like looking at, at, like I said, your profile, it just made me think of yeah. the data. Like, what do we do with all this data? Well, that, that's a, that's a big, that's a big challenge. You know, there are, there's more data today than there was yesterday and tomorrow there'll be even more data in the world and on and on and on. And we're, we're getting, you know, well, into, and let's qualify uh, it, Jonathan, when we say data, like we kick that word around, but like, give it to us in billions. Like, what are we, what are we talking about here? Well, um, it, 
when, when, when I talk about data, it's both the data that's in, in a system, right? You know, we might be interacting with a system or putting data into a system, but it's also uh, all of the things that get created as we do a particular business process, the forms we fill out, the pictures we take, the um, conversations we have, the uh, videos we create, all these things are, are data and they all have a, a role in informing um, someone about the process, the uh, person, um, and all of that is, it's very easy for the, um, for the, for the information to get lost in the data, you know, because some of the data is not important. Some of it's really mm -hmm. important. Figuring out what's really important, um, is I think part of the, part of the key. And, you know, if you go back to that process conversation a little bit, if you can understand how this, you know, if we put it in a business or a government, you know, setting, we're trying to, you know, uh, improve a service we're providing to a customer or citizen, say, if we're thinking about it that way, you can really understand how the work flows through the organization, which is, you know, the data is a representation of what that work is. You know, you can be focused on the things that make the biggest impact, you know, and you can really kind of find, you know, sometimes we'll call it the moments that matter where either data is getting created or data is needed. And if you can get quick access to it, now you can provide that service uh, much more effectively, and you know one of the one of the ways that I you know um, you know think about this is all the data you know that exists in that in the environment. If I'm trying to provide that that service to a citizen. Uh, it might be in different systems, or it might be in spreadsheets, or it might be on a piece of paper that I printed out. If I have to move between all those sources of data to get you the answer that you need. Well, I'm not really providing you a very great service. So one thing is understanding where all the data is. And the next part is being able to connect it. And once that data is connected and you can bring it together on a single platform, a single place to go to see it, I can now interact with it and get you a, get you a, an answer much faster. I can provide you a service much faster. And I think when we're doing that in a government setting, we're providing a really great service to the people um, we serve as, you know, as government employees or people that support government. Well, now you begin to change the way people think about their government. I mean, you begin to inspire more trust. And I think we create uh, more engagement. And, you know, if, if we can think about technology and data in, a, in, a, in, in that sense, I think now our jobs, uh, you know, in the federal IT community and in broader technology community, they, they take on, you know, a, a little bit of a higher, uh, it's a little bit of a higher calling because we're, we're really um, focused on ways that we can um, strive to a better society. That might be a grandiose idea, a pie in the sky, but I mean, I believe those things because I think it does make a real difference. So, so Jonathan, when you, when you talk about, prioritizing the citizen experience, mm -hmm. um, to improve, you know, quality of the services or their, or, or, or what they're experiencing. Are you talking about, um, applications and technology? Are you talking about the quality of the actual service that they're trying to receive or both? Well, uh, Mark, that's a really uh, good question. I, I always try and think about it, um, from the customer's perspective. I want to try and take an outside in view of these things we're trying to uh, automate or digitize. If I, if I'm thinking inside out, I'm thinking about my agency or my program, government program, and I'm creating a, a system that works in a way I want it to as the government program manager. It might, and there might be a citizen interaction, but I'm thinking first about me and my job. I'm not necessarily thinking about that person 
who's using the system who might also, you know, say, say I'm, I'm, intera- I'm a government program and I have a, a set of customers. Um, they are probably customers of other similar programs. If you think about, um, entitlement programs, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, snap or, uh, you know, WIC or unemployment insurance or uh, Medicaid, you know, you may have the same person in multiple programs. And I'm, if I'm a state government and I'm, I'm creating opportunities for people to apply for these programs, there might be four or five different applications. If I can think about it from that customer's perspective, that they're trying to do three or four or five things uh, kind of around the same time, can I design um, with the human in the middle, with human at the at the front, a human centered design approach that creates opportunity for them to be a lot more um, efficient and effective in signing up for these programs. Can I take information from one application and apply it to the other application? And these things are very logical and it makes sense. Sometimes there are you know regulations or privacy requirements that might get in the way of that. But you know part of it's having the conversation and the dialogue to understand what's possible and what are the limitations, and you know engaging in a discussion about can we change some of these things to make it easier for people to interact with their government. People shouldn't be forced to interact with the government. And um, let me say it this way. People should have the opportunity to interact with the government the way they want to interact. It shouldn't be forced into a certain way because we have legacy technologies that uh, don't interact, that the state is not integrated, that, uh, you know, Jonathan is the, you know, represented differently across five systems. And someone who's trying to look at uh, the opportunities for me comprehensively can't do so easily because it's not easy to see that I'm the same person trying to do multiple programs Uh, because I'm in a particular, I have a particular need at a particular time. I think that's the idea of citizen-centered services. I I love that idea of citizen-centered services. And then I think about the poor guys (laughs) trying to make this citizen-centered services um, because now you're talking about all these different applications. Mm -hmm. The data just got exponentially bigger. I mean, how do we manage it? Like, yeah. how do we, how? So um, I, I think when, if you were starting from the very beginning, you would take a different approach than maybe you have to take today because we, we have what we have, right? If you were going to build it from the start, you could design it in with a mindset of, I'm going to create a, you know, central hub with, you know, these different capabilities and, and build it a certain way. But we, we can't, undo or, you know, we can't, um, change all the systems at once. So what I, what I like to talk about, or I think about is this idea of having a capable, you know, something that, uh, is the connective tissue across programs, the connective tissue across systems. It's almost like a control tower, uh, you know, approach for these, for these, um, capabilities and, you know, and you can connect systems and data and you can, you understand what the processes are, how that work flows. Now you're able to begin a conversation about um, the customer experience and how it may work across these systems. You don't have to be focused on an individual system modernization multiple times across all your systems. You may want to upgrade those systems over time. They may need modernization to modern, may need to be modernized to become more secure or, uh, you know, for some, maybe the technology is no longer supported. Um, but now you're doing, you know, that in a more controlled manner, you're not doing that with the urgency of providing a better service because you've, you know, taken that, uh, interaction layer and you, and, uh, integration layer and you, you've moved it up you've connected the systems and now over time you can swap out the things underneath that, that connected to that, 
uh, you know, that platform. And, you know, that's sort of a, a, pl- a platform as a strategy. Sometimes I'm out there talking about, because I think there's a, you know, it's a much faster, lower risk path to doing some of these more, um, uh, digital services. It's a faster way to digitally transform, uh, the way we interact with our citizens. It, it drives us towards more of a, um, anticipatory government approach where when you think about the citizen comprehensively, I can predict some things they might need, or, uh, I can, I can reach out to them proactively and provide them information because I'm thinking about the citizen as a whole. And that's what we want to strive for. In my opinion. Are you seeing, are you seeing this concept, these concepts get adopted in government? Uh, yeah, we, I, I am. Uh, as I talk with different uh, agencies and I interact with our, um, some of my colleagues who, who are thinking about this at the state and local level, we're, we have these conversations with CIOs and, you know, it, it is, uh, it's very clear that the modern, from their perspective, the modernization of all the individual systems is not the way to speed that digital transformation. So I can, I can definitely see different uh, agencies. Wait, um, be, go you ahead. just, I just want you to repeat what you just yeah. said. The modernization is not the way to speed. Yes. Well, let me elaborate on that. If I'm going to try and modernize um, individual systems in my in the in the example I was talking about, um, I'm going to go system by system and try and modernize from maybe a mainframe to a you know some cloud based modern system. And I have to repeat that for all of these programs or all of these services I provide. Those are really hard, complicated projects. They require you know new technology skills. They require a lot of change management. Um, you may be running systems in parallel for a period of time. There's a lot of risk with that. So you can't, you can't do that across all your systems. The, um, the conversations we have with, uh, uh, that I've had with different CIOs and, and the state and local level and the federal government, you know, it's about how do we provide digital services faster? What's a way to speed the, the, the digital transformation of the way we interact with our, with our customers. And that, that's a, that's more of a platform approach. That is a, you know, um, the connective tissue across systems where the data can be integrated, the systems can be integrated and you can drive to a citizen out, a citizen focused outcome a lot faster. Um, Again, we still have to think about modernizing those underlying systems. But if that's where you're starting, I think you're going to you can easily get bogged down. And and yeah, results you're after. Well, I I asked you to stop so we could repeat it because (laughs) what you said feels a lot more doable. Like I literally felt Mm -hmm. myself breathe like, oh, (laughs) we can do that. Yeah. But to take on like the legacy systems is overwhelming. It is. I totally agree. You have to understand them for sure. You have to know what you're dealing with and you have to understand the data in those systems. Uh, you know, we were talking about data before. If you don't understand, you know, what and where all the data is, it's really um, going to be very hard for you to protect all of that data to mm-hmm. make sure you have um, good data protection to make sure that you have the right level of security. Uh, but there's a difference between understanding and uh, that all of that information on the systems and uh, taking a, um, a perspective that I need to move off of all of these legacy technologies at once so I can have a modern environment. I just don't think that's a practical approach because, you know, CIOs, uh, they have to operate 
very complex environments every day. And those, those technologies and those complicated environments only exist because there are technologies, uh, there are government programs that require those technologies. It's not IT for the sake of IT. It's IT, you know, in the, in the spirit of um, customer service, citizen service. So yeah. you, you can't um, commit to modernizing everything and expect to be able to provide uninterrupted services. It's just, or, it, it, it feels too, it feels too risky to, from my or, perspective. Or maybe agencies were forced to, uh, embark on this transformation uh, before they may maybe were ready to, uh, for example, the pandemic. Yeah. And and I know mm-hmm. you recently gave an interview that you talked about. You you said you felt like agencies should take a pause and yeah. mm-hmm. and and their and their momentum or their tra- digital transformation yeah. and consider whether those processes were put in place. You know, because they were forced to, uh, given the circumstances with the pandemic, or you know whether they're sustainable or make sense. Um, it, it, can yeah, you, can exactly. you talk about that? Yeah, sure. I stand. I stand by those uh, th- those statements, and I talk about it as a strategic pause. You know, and um, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that sometimes if you go too fast, you can create some blind spots in your professional life, your personal life, whatever. You know, we're pushing towards a goal. We're not necessarily considering everything else that's happening. You know, we had to do that. We had great urgency in the early days of the pandemic. And there are some technology opportunities and service opportunities, I think, that emerge from that. Yes, absolutely. We've already seen some huge technology advancements coming out of this pandemic. Well, thank you, Jonathan, so much for this great insight. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. And thank you to our listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, please smash that like button and share. And we will be with you next week on Tech Transforms. Thanks for joining Tech Transforms. Please post a review, share this episode, and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.